something got delegated uh, to the state commissions under Section 706. Uh, The scope of that is not clear at the moment. Hello there, you are listening to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. Given the recent D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals ruling on network neutrality, we thought it was time to touch base again with Harold Feld, Senior Vice President of Public Knowledge. While the decision may be bad for network neutrality, one of the judges in the court hinted at a possible silver lining for community networks. Section 706 of the Telecommunications Act of 1996 addresses FCC and state authority. Circuit Judge George Silberman wrote a concurrence and dissent that addressed some of the ambiguity in Section 706. It caught our attention because it might create a better environment for municipal networks. Harold and Chris go into detail on Section 706, discussing possible scenarios and possible outcomes. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. Today I'm back with one of our favorite guests, Harold Feld, the Senior Vice President at Public Knowledge. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, We wanted to talk to you about the recent network neutrality decision, which came with uh, a little bit of uh, bittersweet news. Uh, We uh, see that the the commission does not have the full authority to do all the things that you and I would like to have it do. Uh, But we learned that 706 authority has given the FCC more power to overrule state barriers uh, that prohibit uh, municipal networks, perhaps. What is 706 authority? Section 706, 706 authority, refers to a, uh, a piece of the uh, uh, Communications Act, the law that gives the, uh, the FCC its authority, uh, that was added uh, as part of the last rewrite in 1996. And this section directs both the Federal Communications Commission and state public utility commissions to take steps in order to ensure that um, they use a special term, but I'll just call it broadband, is uh, deployed in a timely fashion to all Americans and gives them, uh, tells them to remove any barriers to uh, deployment and infrastructure development if they think that that's not happening. Uh, That's uh, what this provision of the law says, and it's been around now for well close to 20 years since the last rewrite. Um, the uh, until now, nobody had really known what that meant. The FCC did an annual report where they looked at how fast broadband was getting deployed, but uh, they didn't really uh, uh, know whether it actually gave them new authority or just told them to use the authority they had and how this worked with the states. Uh, so uh, all of this came up. Uh, as part of the uh, the net neutrality uh, case, oddly enough. And we saw specifically Judge Silberman in a dissent and concurrence in part uh, raise the municipal network barriers as a specific barrier to infrastructure deployment. Uh, how significant is that? Right. So th- this was very important. One of the things that the FCC pointed to when asked to justify its uh, you know, under what authority did it try to do network neutrality uh, regulations? Uh, they pointed to this 706 language and they said that this 
command uh, gave them authority that there were reasons to believe that if you had a not neutral net that that would discourage uh, investment, uh, uh, discourage people from using it, what they call the virtuous cycle of, uh, uh, of use and investment. And what happened in the uh, opinion was that um, two of the judges agreed with the FCC that the law went uh, that far. One of the judges, Judge Silberman, dissented. He said the law gives the FCC some independent authority, um, and but not net neutrality. Instead, he pointed to removing barriers to investment by getting rid of laws uh, that prevent local governments from offering their own broadband service. So that means that even the the judge who was uh, who thought the law was more limited believed that at, at a minimum, the law gave the FCC power to preempt uh, these anti-muni broadband state laws. So that's very significant because if the FCC then does that and has to go before a federal court, you know, the question of does this piece of the, of the law uh, apply, you know, do, do, do they have authority to do at least that much, seems to be pretty settled by the whole panel in terms of how far uh, they ought to read this new uh, authority that the FCC uh, has under this statute. And how can we reconcile that with the uh, Nixon v. Missouri decision? Um, in that case, the Supreme Court felt that there was not sufficient uh, language overruling the ability of states to regulate cities. The Nixon versus Missouri language uh, dealt with uh, tele- uh, telecommunication service and dealt with a negative command. It said, that statute says, no state shall pass a law um, that prevents anyone from getting into the telecommunications business. Uh, and the uh, FCC uh, was asked to interpret that as to whether that, that law prevented states from, preventing local go- from passing laws to prevent local governments from getting uh, uh, into either telecommunications or broadband. And the FCC, interpreting that language, said, no, when the statute says states should not prevent anybody from getting into the telecommunications or broadband business, the statute didn't mean uh, that uh, states couldn't prevent themselves, and local governments are uh, extensions of the state. Um, So when a state passes a law saying no local government can do this, it's limiting itself. So Congress didn't intend to stop states from limiting itself. That's what the FCC said. That's ultimately what the Supreme Court said. Um, And importantly, what the Supreme Court said in the uh, Nixon versus Missouri case, which adopted that interpretation, said if Congress wanted to overrule states when they regulate themselves like this, they needed to be more specific. We're going to assume that you know, they didn't touch on whether Congress could or couldn't do that. What they said was, well, we're just going to assume that if Congress had really meant it, that they were going to place a limit on the state to regulate its own subdivisions, then uh, they would have said not just, ev- not just anybody, they would have said something like, and not even you know, uh, anybody, including not even local governments. Right, and there was some legislative history to suggest that uh, that's what was intended, certainly. But uh, but we'll we'll skip past that, and we're going to skip over one other thing too, which is um, whether or not the FCC um, currently has the initiative and desire to overrule these state barriers with the 706 authority. And let's go right into assuming that the FCC does. What has to happen in order for the FCC to do that? Here, 
you know, 706, it says, go do something, and UFCC have the power to go do this, as opposed to, don't, you know, states don't do something. Um, so the FCC could make a finding. It would have to say, look, we find that, first, there are places where, the, the, where adequate broadband is not being deployed in a timely manner to all Americans, uh, and we see that uh, these state laws create barriers to uh, this deployment and create barriers to investment in the infrastructure that's necessary uh, for this deployment. Uh, and therefore, we as the FCC, using our authority under this Section 706, um, will preempt those state laws. We will tell states that those laws are no longer operative under this authority that Congress has granted us. That's how that would work. And is there, so would there be uh, an ask for comments? Is, it, is this sort of a multi-year kind of thing that would... Um, yeah, it would it? have to be through a, a, through a rulemaking process where, you know, the FCC can't just wake up one morning and say, hey, let's issue an order that does that. They would have to build a record that supports their finding. The court laid down a roadmap of what you need to show, and it's not that burdensome. The connection, you know, frankly, the connection between not... Uh, letting local governments invest in these networks, and, you know, and uh, limiting investment, you know, into uh, networks is pretty clear. Um, and uh, it's not a hard record to build, but you still have to, you know, check off uh, all the boxes. They would have to have a proposed uh, rule. They would uh, have to take uh, comment on that and build the record. Then they would issue an order, and they could do this in a couple of different ways. The, the FCC could do this on its own. Somebody could file a petition with the FCC about a particular state law saying, please preempt this particular state law because it is bad under Section 706. Or the FCC you know, could, you know, could do this through a number of, uh, of other different vehicles. They could hook it on to their universal service fund reform. So there are a couple of different avenues under which it would happen, but the general process would be the same. The FCC would have to flag it, put it out for public comment, take public comment, decide that they have a sufficient record that proves that these laws are bad for investment in infrastructure and are um, discouraging timely deployment of broadband to, to uh, some portion of the population, um, and then they would uh, exercise their authority to preempt those laws. And the final issue with this whole um, decision seems to be state public utility commissions or public service commissions, where some of the 706 authority actually filters down to them. How do they fit in? Well, that's, that's, it, this is actually one of the more intriguing aspects of the, um, the decision, because the statute says, gives the 706 authority to the FCC and any state commission that regulates telecommunications, or as we usually call them, the public utility commissions, or PUCs. Uh, Verizon raised as an argument against interpreting uh, 706's giving authority that the you know, Congress could never have intended to share this kind of authority with the states. And the court rejected that argument. They said, no, there's no reason why Congress couldn't give authority to the states. And, you know, the, the statutory language seems to give some authority to the states as well as to the federal government. So something got delegated uh, to the state commissions under Section 706. Uh, the scope of that is not clear at the moment. On the one hand, you could argue very broadly that you know, the statute doesn't distinguish between what kind of power it gives to the FCC and what kind of power it gives to the state 
public utility commissions. So the state public utility commissions have the same kind of power that the FCC does, because it's a, a grant of federal authority. So then what about those states where the state has passed a law saying low, no muni broadband? Could the state public utility commission use their 706 authority to override that? Well, that's a very interesting question. On the one hand, Congress explicitly delegated it to the State Public Utility Commission. So the language from the Nixon versus Missouri and, and the previous you know, decisions that states can limit themselves, you can argue that you know, Congress was specific. They said they wanted to bypass state legislatures because they were worried state legislatures would be all protectionist and wouldn't you know, support, the, they'd be beholden to powerful companies. Uh, so Congress bypassed them and went right to the State Public Utility Commissions. Um, you can also argue that, well, you know, there, we have this thing in the United States called the Tenth Amendment that, you know, the, the federal, the states are, you know, uh, 50 laboratories of democracy. They, the federal government has limited powers when it gets to kind of a core state regulation idea. And you can argue that, well, you know, what Congress said was, yeah, you state utility commissions can use any powers that you have under your state authority. Uh, to do all of the 706 stuff, but that it was not separate federal authority to the state public utility commissioners to override the state when the state has explicitly taken authority away from the public utility commission. So, so it's very confusing, but I think there is a good argument here to say, look, this is a federal law. This is a federal law that unlike the, the previous one that was described, you know, that said states are not allowed to get into, to prevent anybody from getting into this business. This is a federal law that is specific about who the actor is and who, and what they uh, are supposed to do. Uh, so I think there's a very good case for state public utility commissions to be able to say, well, you know, Congress actually delegated an explicit authority to us and we should exercise it. Thank you for that uh, explanation. Uh, we we're really hoping that we see some of these barriers struck down, whether it's by the states themselves and the public utility commissions or by the FCC. So it's it's really helpful that you provide the the insight of how it all works. You know, if nothing else, I would say that state public utility commissions under this section 706 authority, even if they can't preempt their state, certainly have a power to do their own section annual reports to show uh, what the problems are in the state and create political movement behind getting these laws repealed. Oh, that's that's very interesting. Yes, you can um, certainly have a, a moral authority or a specialist, um, a technical specialist on this weighing in on, on how these laws are, are slowing down the deployment of the infrastructure. Thanks for coming on the show. As always, a pleasure. You can, of course, read more about the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals decision at publicknowledge.org and at Harold's blog, Tales of the Sausage Factory, available at wetmachine.com. If you follow the FCC tag at muninetworks.org, you can also read more of our stories on the decision and specifically more about Section 706. We want you to email us with questions or ideas for the show. Write to podcast at muninetworks.org. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Community Nets. This show was released on February 4th, 2014. Thank you to the group Fit and the Conniptions for their song, Bless Your Heart, licensed using Creative Commons. And thank you for listening. Bless your heart.